there, spooky friends. Welcome back to another mini-sode. I'm Blair, and I am the podcast's resident history buff, fashion lover, horse girl, and pseudo-theologian. In our episode, Wouldst Thou Like to Live Deliciously, we mentioned several times that director Robert Eggers draws attention to the moon or uses it in some way as a symbol for feminine power, mystery, and cyclical change. Eggers' use of the moon, however, is nothing new, and neither are the parallels between femininity and that giant orb in the sky. The moon is one of the oldest symbols that we know of that humanity employed to tell stories and mark the passage of time. The Lascaux Caves in France famously feature a constellation of dots that date back over 17,000 years and seem to be a sort of calendar that keeps track of the moon's cycle. Beyond this obvious contribution to humanity's advancement towards a civilized society that can tell time and mark dates, the moon's presence as a symbol also becomes an important component of art. Indeed, the Lascaux Caves are some of the earliest instances we've found thus far, and a precursor to the written word. Even today, certain cultures rely on the moon to keep calendars going. The Hindu calendar, for example, still maintains a lunar month, and the god Chandra is still an incredibly important deity featured in the center of many religious festivals, Karwashoth, for example and during eclipses. From there, a proverbial explosion of moon goddesses occurs in nearly every culture on Earth. Abuk from the African Dinka mythos is a fertility goddess. The Mayan goddess Ishel, also known as the jaguar goddess, rules over the areas of midwifery and medicine. Another one of her names, Tochi Yoltchitl, translates to our grandmother, the nocturnal physician. Similarly, the Egyptian goddess Isis is also associated with fertility, healing, and magic, and is consistently represented through lunar symbols. The Greek Titanus Selene, whose Roman counterpart is Luna, is said to be the personification of the moon, often identified with Artemis and Hecate, who are both sometimes represented through lunar symbology as well. Selene is also responsible for the moon's journey across the sky during the night, her chariot drawn by two white horses. Taking inspiration from these ancient sources, it's easy to make a connection between the rituals of yore and the literature of the modern age. Medieval passages have the moon written to represent divine femininity as well as mortal women, drawing parallels between the cyclical nature of the moon, which begins as a new moon, waxes to a full moon, and then wanes to a new moon again in 29 and a half days and the female menstrual cycle, which also lasts for about that long, typically, as well as the swelling nature of a pregnant body. It is no surprise, therefore, that the words menstruation and moon both share linguistic roots in several languages, not the least of which is Greek, lending the word mene to both words and translated literally as moon, and that the moon became a symbol of birth, fertility, and the divine feminine. Diving a little further into some etymology, it's equally unsurprising that we get words like lunatic and lunacy from luna, the Latin word for moon. While this usage begins to pop up around the 15th century, it was thought for centuries that the moon had a significant impact on emotions and behavior, and was exploited by witches, often in the form of lunar eclipses. 
The most famous of these was an ancient Greek astronomer from Thessaly named Aglaunasi, who proclaimed that she could make the moon disappear at will, although the more likely story is that she simply studied the heavens closely enough to predict when a lunar eclipse was likely to occur. No small feat, considering she didn't have access to things like telescopes and star charts. Instances of lunar symbolism and its ties to feminine energy and power persists even through today in an infinite number of ways. Author Robert Graves explores the idea of Western poetry being inspired by the Triple Goddess, a deity associated with the moon, in his 1948 book The White Goddess. You may be familiar with this idea, the maiden, a virgin huntress associated with purity, waxing moons, and the color white, the mother, a pregnant person represented by the color red and the full moon with ties to menstruation and bloodshed during childbirth, and the crone, an aged woman surrounded by the color black and represented by the waning moon. Graves asserted that this is a distinct European deity which frames our collective fascination with birth, love, and death. For those of you who are well-versed in neo-paganism or Wicca, none of this comes as a surprise. This connection between the moon and the divine feminine can be found in other places besides the mystified musings of starry-eyed poets. Gems associated with the moon such as selenite, moonstone, white sapphires, and pearls are thought to bring the wearer balance and serenity, typically thought of as feminine traits. Moons are also used historically to mark certain times of year, for example the harvest moon signaling the beginning of the autumn equinox. Most recently, a 2020 film called Over the Moon, directed by legendary Disney animator Glenn Keane of all people, follows an ambitious character on her journey to meet the Chinese moon goddess Chang'e. Cultures all over the world continue to respect and admire our moon, and they're probably right to do so, considering it stabilizes Earth's wobble on its axis, provides the possibility for consistent seasons and tides, and protects us from a major portion of the sun's radiation. Whether mystical or practical in nature, it's easy to agree that the giant chunk of rock floating around in our orbit is pretty neat. The next time you're watching your favorite film, Pay attention to any night scenes that might play across your screen. The moon, its position, its shape, and the context in which it's shown might just give you a bit more insight into what your favorite storytellers are trying to convey. That's all for this mini-sode. I talked a lot about historical context throughout this essay and gave several examples of where you might find some lunar symbolism in your day-to-day -day life. I back up all of my research via links in the show notes. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to our show so you can get more haunting history that inspired the freaky flicks we have coming up in our schedule. If you loved this content, please share the link with your buds so they can listen to it too, and leave us a five-star review so other folks can find our content. See you next time! The Clever Goals podcast is run by Blair, Megan, Melissa, and Marissa. This mini-sode was made by Blair. Our intro and outro music was created for us by Josh Marshall. You can find links to his content in the show notes. For more episodes, expanded show notes, and other spooky content, find us on your favorite social media platform through our handle at Clever Ghouls. Thanks for listening.